One of the questions I wanted to ask is, do you have a success story or like somebody out there who's listening that maybe is addicted to, let's say, opiates, heroin, heroin addiction, um, and they're thinking about maybe making a move, maybe trying to improve their lives. Do you have like a story of, you know, a brief story of, of somebody you might have worked with, you know, years ago that kind of went through like detailed kind of a little bit of the process, how they got started, what happened, maybe a few of the obstacles they overcame, and then maybe how they got to the other side? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot there. I have a lot of patient stories. I have a lot of folks that came in. I mean, I, I get it's kind of 50-50 uh, pills versus heroin of my folks that come in for opiate dependence that are looking for treatment specifically with Suboxone. I do. I, I will do Vivitrol, but it's not. You know, it, it's it's not a big number, at least around here right now. There's other there's other places that do a lot more Vivitrol, but I do have a lot of stories. I mean, I, I can tell I can tell you a story about a guy that I'm still treating who is just about off of Suboxone. Uh, he still wins the award for the highest dose of Suboxone that I ever <laughs> This was about seven years ago. And this is actually a good story about what happens to some of these folks uh, with anxiety. This is a guy, um, he's, he's in his early 30s now. He was in his late 20s when he first started seeing me. So he had, he had an opiate habit. And honestly, I think it was more, I, I think it was fentanyl at the time, and this was even seven years ago, fentanyl wasn't that popular, but he was, you know, that fentanyl was his drug of choice. Which is so way more, point. just for our, our, yes. our listeners know, like, what's the short story on fentanyl? If um, it is, well, the majority, and I, I can speak to this, uh, we, do, uh, we do saliva tox screening at my office, and I would say more often than not, for the folks that are using heroin, we're seeing fentanyl. In addition, we'll see some heroin. We're seeing fentanyl. So fentanyl is out there. Fentanyl is killing people. So way more and powerful you than yes. That. You don't need you don't need a lot. So there are there are people that that is their drug of choice. But there there's a lot of stuff that heroin's being cut with right now. That it almost seems this was not happening back in the old days. Yeah, you have to wonder about the ethics of the folks that are. The drug dealers. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because they're the stuff that we're seeing, right? I mean, it well it is. It's killing yeah. people. Yeah. The other thing that is killing people, I gotta do a plug for this. Never mix an opiate and a benzodiazepine. Oh, thank you for saying that. Thank you. Valium, that flies way under the radar. The, the benzo. That's that is a recipe for an overdose. Uh, so benzodiazepines are Xanax, Valium, Clonazepam, Lorazepam, any of the Pams. I just want to go to sleep, so I'm going to take uh, Valium. Yes. And then whammo, you're dead. Both medications, the opiates and the benzodiazepines, they both slow down your breathing. It's a situation where one plus one equals five. You slow down your breathing already with an opiate. If you have a benzo in your system also, you slow down your breathing even more. If you put those two things together, normally if somebody stops breathing, we see that in a condition called sleep apnea. If you stop breathing in your sleep, you're going to wake yourself up, except when your respiratory system is 
too depressed. And that is what happens so, with the combination. So you can do that. That, that. That's how people over that. That, that is that. That is how people overdose on opiates. Is there? It just it puts their it knocks their um resp the brainstem out basically the respiratory center. So you stop breathing and you don't start again and you're asleep. So you don't know that you're not breathing and you basically suffocate and die. And that happens. It is much more dangerous uh, when you're mixing the two classes of drugs. So now I don't remember. So what was, oh, you went We were on the the story, the highest dose of Suboxone you've ever prescribed somebody. So this was a guy, um, he started out with another Suboxone prescriber. And he got put on um, kind of a state. There, there, there's a lot of different ways to start Suboxone. I do it based on how much somebody's using. But he got put on about 16 milligrams, which nobody's opiate receptors can hold any more than 16 milligrams of Suboxone. So that's what he got put on. This guy had horrible anxiety. So he, he actually does have some of the worst anxiety I've seen. So the doctor that he was working with, not a mental health specialist, uh, they kept, even though he wasn't in opiate withdrawal anymore, they kept increasing his Suboxone. Uh, he, he, he got up to uh, 36 milligrams wow. of Suboxone over a pretty short period of time because he kept complaining about anxiety symptoms. And the doctors kept prescribing They just kept bumping him up and up and up. So by the time he came to me, he was on 36 milligrams, and I said, whoa, I've never seen anybody that high. I'm going to step you down a little bit to 32 milligrams. He was willing to do that, and you know that, that was still the highest dose of Suboxone wow. that I've ever prescribed. Nobody needs that much, and I yeah. certainly would not do that. You know, I, I would never start anybody on that or probably continue anybody on that today. But anyway, this is a guy, he worked harder uh, in addition to anxiety. I don't know if he realized it at the time, but as he slowly came down, that was one of the things we didn't talk about is very slowly causes minimal, if any, withdrawal. I slowly step people down on Suboxone. This is a process. The average person that's working with me on Suboxone takes about three to four years. It's almost like, you know, going to college. Yeah. It's about three to four years. I like that, going to college. To come, you know, it's come off of it. Uh, this guy, though, he's been on it longer uh, because he was on such a high dose. He has been on, I've been working with him, I want to say about eight years. So he's, he's a little over my average. I give him so much credit. He has been working with a counselor, actually more than one counselor over the years. He was with a counselor, then his insurance changed. He had to switch his counselor. He, he's, he has hung in there. He's doing anxiety work. He did not realize um, that he'd had some traumatic things happen to him because he's been numb for a long time. But that came out once he got down to a certain level of Suboxone. So then he started. He added trauma work to his anxiety work and he has been seeing he has been seeing his counselor for years he has really hung in he's had a couple of bumps in the road uh, some difficult things happened emotionally to him uh, he actually um, lost his father a couple of years ago so that I believe I'm, if I'm again it's it's a long story I don't have it all in front of me but I think that was one of the things he said he's had a couple of relapses for difficult emotional experiences and he would just he didn't stop seeing his counselor. He got back on track. He is on the he is on a quarter of a milligram of so this is a guy who's on thirty six milligrams. He's on a quarter of a milligram 
of Suboxone. This is the second to last step before he gets off and he's ready. I think very soon he's going to be going to every other day. He's doing the mental work. It's taken him seven, eight years. Now, what I have to say is that he's not just sitting around waiting for his opiate replacement. During that time, he's been living his life. He's, you know, shifted his career. He's done a lot of personal growing, um, had relationships, ended relationships, just really has worked on getting himself healthy. I have so much respect for him. He gives Great me story. credit, tells me I've, you know, how helpful I've been for him. He has been an inspiration, quite honestly. I've had him come in. I, I do um I do some teaching at the university uh, for different classes. I teach uh, psychiatry uh, trainees about addiction. They they don't get enough addiction treatment, and I've had your addiction experience uh, in the field, and I've had I've had this guy actually for the last couple of years, I've had him come in to talk to the class, and that's the highlight of the class. That's the feedback. The feedback, get. yeah. He, they tells, hear he tells his story. Um, people can and do get off of opiates. The goal with Suboxone is not just to get off of it. The goal is to do the work you need to do to stay, to be able to get off the Suboxone, stay off the Suboxone, get forward and live your life. And I want to tell people out there that are struggling with this or care about somebody who's struggling with this, it is possible. You have to be doing the work. You cannot expect the medication to work harder than yeah, I like to do all the work for you. Yes. Well, any um, this sounds like p parting words of wisdom, but any resources that you would like recommend for clients, or, or I mean, our listeners out there that they might want to check out any books that come to mind. Some people have them. I mean, we can post them later. I need a good. I'm, I'm writing a good book. book. On this. I mean, obviously, your book is <laughs> a number one for sure. It needs to come out first. Um, you know, it, it is really hard because the reason that I hesitate is because different people are going to come at this problem in different, different from a ways. different place. They're going to be in different places of their own addiction. There's going to be different things that they're ready for. There may be somebody who's hit their bottom and they are ready to just surrender and get totally clean. There's other people. They're just they're just looking at treatment in, in a way to put their toe in the water and get a little more information. Those two people are going to need very different resources. There's not just one book to speak to. One book fits all. Yes, I think I think 12-step programs are a wonderful resource. They're also not for not everybody resonates with them. So checking out maybe a bunch of different resources out yes. there in terms of recovery, finding which one's going to match you. And that's why I just love having Matt on the show because he is so empowering, really kind of trusts the person that they sort of have this guidance within them and you're going to kind of help them through it, but allow them to kind of make the choices, get educated and informed, test things out for themselves and ultimately have them be the guide. So I absolutely uh, love that aspect. Um, well, any parting final words, Matt? I think I have said everything that I would want people to know. Excellent. Well, Matt, we want to thank you for coming on the show. With that, we salute you. 
Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I appreciate it, and I am at my happiest when I'm educating people. So this is perfect. Thank you. Nice. You're welcome. Take care.